Last week, as you recall, we left our family of space pioneers trying to set up a network of radio relay stations, unaware that even at that moment, their peaceful planet was the target of an incredible army of alien invaders. Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy, it calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, I am Spud Goodman, and, uh, yeah. Spud, man. I have to say, it's pretty cool that you, the listener, have chosen to spend a bit of time with us tonight. I'm aware of the weight of responsibility on my part to make it a pleasurable experience for you. So it's incumbent upon me to not bore you. That's what I'm trying to say here. So why don't we get this damn show going? With me is our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. At least mumble or something to confirm your presence here in the studio. Well, hello, everyone. I am Gerald Holcomb, and I will be your concierge during this program. Now, really? I may not be heard from much on the air, but rest assured, I am very active behind the scenes in an effort to make this program extremely pleasurable for you. Uh extremely pleasurable? Yeah. We are a radio show, not a massage parlor, man. Just keep your hyperbole under control, okay? Gerald, if you're looking for a pleasure man, maybe go to Amsterdam. But if you need that special touch, right here, ah, not so much. Well, as co-host of this program, it is my job to add some spice to the goings-on. You know, really? be the condiment that will make it taste just right. Well, unless you're going to be ketchup, I have no use for any other condiments in my life. You know, my own personal favorite condiment is mayonnaise, which you've oh, never asked me that question surprise. before, Spud. Yeah, anyway, I need to acknowledge our designated Lafergina. A semi-chuckle will do now. <laughs> wow, you exceeded my expectations. Thank you, Gina. And you know, no way I could do this show without you. I just want you to know you that. You know, Spud, I know <laughs> you feel the same way about my participation on this show, but you seem more reticent or conflicted, if you will, to express your feelings to other males, I've noticed. Look, I'm not reticent to express my feelings to other guys. That is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Besides, you're not a male, you're a sort of co-host. A co-host who's, you know, really should bring something a little bit more than you do if we're going to go down this road? What are you referring to? I feel fully that I perform all duties that a co-host should assume. 
Uh, well, I was thinking the other night of all the other great co-hosts over the years. Yeah. You know, the all-time greats. They had a signature trademark saying. Like, oh. Ed McMahon had... Hey oh, and mm-hmm, uh, you mm-hmm. know I love to hear him say that at the beginning of every Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. It oh, made yeah. my night. Yeah, you know Ed was a big influence on my career. He was larger than life to me growing up, and you know you can't forget Hank. Kingsley, for sure, from the Larry uh, Sanders show. Yeah. I love to watch every episode just to hear him say, hey now. You, you, you know, I didn't really care for the show itself. It seemed a little too negative. I mean, show business means the world to me, and they quite often made fun of those in and around it. Uh, you do know the Larry Sanders show was a parody of the talk show industry, right? Uh, I mean, Hank Kingsley was a character played by Jeffrey Tambor. It was not real. Jeffrey Taylor? I, I don't T- know Tam- that name. But I don't necessarily agree with your description of that show, as they had a very impressive list of guests on each week. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor, he won an Emmy last last year for his role on Transparent. He played, you know, a transsexual. It's a pretty good show. Have you seen it? Uh, certainly not. What channel is that on? Like that Spice Network? It's. I can tell you this. It's not on CBS, uh, NBC, Spice or ABC. Even on. Yeah, that's sure. like twenty years ago. No, it's on Amazon's Prime. <laughs> Never mind. Let me play some music right now. This band played on our radio show a little over a year ago. This song I'm playing tonight is a cutoff there. The Chemistry That Keeps Us Together album. Here are the purrs with She's Got Chemicals.
is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hello, this is Alan Parsons from the Alan Parsons Project. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Project today. Hey, uh, Spud, just so you know, your first guest, Dave Foley, is holding for you. All right, you. cool. You know, that's two members of the Kids in the Hall now that we've you know had on the show with, with Mark McKinney and now Dave Foley. Three to go. You know, I really need to check out those kids, as I still am not familiar with them. Now, they were all child child actors or <laughs> Look, at one time? I don't know if any of them like did commercials or a sitcom when they were like children. The kids in their name is not reflective of their ages. Jeez. Oh, okay, got it. They are not children still. They never mean? were children. They, I mean, well, I, mean I guess have. they were, you know, kids at one time, but yeah. the name of their comedy group came from an old saying from Sid Caesar. You know, when, when some joke bombed on his show, he would lay it on some of the young writers who he called the kids in the hall. Oh, so <laughs> like they were they were possibly teenagers when they started this comedy troupe. Ah, I, just, I just give up. Just put Dave Foley on, please. Oh, here he is. Please welcome actor, comedian Dave Foley to the show. How you doing, man? I'm very well. How you doing? Um, pretty decent, pretty decent. All right, you are a cast member on the ABC sitcom Dr. Ken, which airs Friday nights at 8.30, 7.30 Central. So far, you're absolutely correct. All right, let's just stop right now. Oh, no, we got we to gotta do this thing. So, all right, you play hospital administrator Pat on the show. Uh, did you have to learn any long, formal medical terms as you did a couple episodes of Scrubs in, like, what, 2006? So, I mean, you have some experience in a hospital setting, right? Yeah, no, this, no, this I, so far I've not had to learn any, uh, any medical terms. I haven't had to do any of that fancy, uh, you know, ER-type lingo. And, uh, and, and well, the good thing is that if we need, uh, like, any kind of, uh, you know, medical, uh, you know, uh, you know, what do they call them? The people, you know, that give you the technical advice. We've got Ken right there on the set. Yeah, I guess he's a real deal, huh? Actual doctor. Yeah. He's a doctor. Yeah. The man is a doctor. Wow. That's pretty and, cool. And, uh, yeah. Obviously, though, he does not care enough about human life to keep doctoring. He's decided to be a, a comedian instead. Well, um, can I touch a bit just briefly uh, on your time spent with uh, one of the all-time greatest comedy troops? You know I was going to touch on this. The Kids in the Hall, okay? Is that all right if I touch on this for oh, a second? Oh, yes. All right. Well, you That's know right. I, I thought you were going to talk about my, my work with the Ritz Brothers. No, not, but, not, uh, okay. not, not right now. But, you know, I spoke with uh, Mark McKinney recently, and he gave us fans hope that there could be further projects in the future. I think he said he was the one who was supposed to initiate the conference call with you guys. Yeah, so it's stalled, really. Uh, but yeah, no, we're we're uh, yeah, we're definitely we're definitely uh, we've we've been talking uh, amongst ourselves about wanting to do something something new together soon. Maybe like a whether like a, a limited run TV project or a movie. But definitely, we're uh, we're looking to do something together. Super. All right, that's for the record. We got that. Um, yeah. I was wondering if being in a comedy troupe uh, for so many years is pretty much the same as being in, like, X or Pearl Jam, you know, being married to the same people through the good and not-so-good times, because a lot of bands can't stand each other for, like, one full tour, let alone decades together. Yeah, well, we've, you know, we've had our ups and downs over the decades, you know. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely uh, I, a lot like being in a band. You know, you you have your, your strains and stresses, but uh, I think now we're... Uh, we're at a place where we actually all we actually all get along better than I think we ever have. You know, I think we're too we're too old to fight anymore. I mean, we'll start a fight and then everyone will get winded. 
so it can't go on as long as they used to. Um, do you guys have like similar taste on the snacks you request on your concert riders, or uh, I mean, is there a wide variety of to- uh, tastes? Uh, I don't think. No, I think I think we're pretty diverse. Oh. Uh, you know, you know, I think uh, Bruce I think likes to eat uh, healthy a lot of the time. Uh, Mark likes to eat fancy, and Scott will eat out of a dumpster uh, if you don't stop him. So it's you know it's you know and Kevin's Kevin's a uh, a uh, vegan. Oh, now. all right, super. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, uh, you know you're rep- reputed to be a major fan of one of the great all-time sitcoms, Green Acres, and if so, we share that love. Now, well, here's my question: Do you think Mr. Haney uh, was inherently evil? I, and then basically an inherently evil capitalist, you know, kind of exploiting the naivete of Mr. Douglas's knowledge of farming, or just an excellent advocate of the unfettered free market. What do you think? Um, I guess I'd have to go with the partially the latter most statement. You know, advocate of unfettered free markets, but that in itself tends to lean towards evil. You know. And he's, uh, I can't, every time I, I see Ted Cruz, I, I hear Mr. Haney. Yes, exactly. I, yeah, they look alike, they sound alike, they have the same, they have that same phony sincerity in their voices. You know, the Ziffles kind of remind me of of his supporters, kind of low-information people. Maybe not like Arnold. Uh, Arnold seemed a lot smarter, but, mo- you know, the Ziffles themselves. I, maybe that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But you know, here's the thing I always could say about Green Acres. All the characters in that show are played really subtly. Like, everyone is really deadpan, except for uh, Mr. Douglas. Yes, yes. If you watch this, he's the only one that goes over the top. Everyone else is really low-key. Phenomenal show. Still still, still stands up, no doubt about it, in my opinion. Oh, but one of the best-written shows ever put on TV. Right. If I could jump in here, Spud, I'm also a big fan of Green Acres, and I feel... Uh, I yeah, could... uh, just one moment, Dave. This is not going to be a three-way, okay? Get that thought out of your head. Well, I think I could add some insights into maybe what the show's writers were trying to say with the overarching storylines, you know, about... Does all... it sound like Dave and I need your viewpoint on Green Acres? I feel we have this subject fully covered. If we get into a Green Acres trivia contest later in the interview, I might call on you then for a lifeline, okay? Well, you know, Spud, there were four separate Arnold Ziffles used during Green Acres' six years on the air at CBS. They say Arnold number three was felt to be the most gifted in front of the camera. I guess he was a very intelligent pig. Really? I did not know that. Did anybody at the network send any of the old Arnolds to the bacon and sausage place when they were over the hill? I hope not. The networks never disclose what they do with their talent roster of animals when they're retired. All we can do is hope all of the Arnolds met a happy fate, you know, hopefully at a nice farm in the country. Yeah, like a real farm, not like the fake studio lot farm for that show. They didn't have grass or, or a mud puddle even for any of the Arnolds to enjoy. Well, let's just assume that all of the Arnolds lived long, happy lives. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Enough about pigs, though. Let me get back to, to Dave, okay? Well, um, at this point in your career, you've worked with a ton of people, but is there anyone in the business that you like still really want to do something with? Does anybody come to mind? Uh, oh, man, I'm guessing there's, there's probably hundreds of people that I'd like to do something with. Uh, you know, there's so many people I admire. I mean, you know, you know, God, I mean, 
be love like someone like to work with someone like Steve Carell would be amazing. Right. You know. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. That's that's Rogan. I like him a lot. Right. Uh, you know, then there's you know my you know my people that are like my my comedy heroes guys. Steve Martin. I would love to do something with him. Uh, you know, lots of, lots of people. All right. I mean, I've been really right. fortunate. I mean, I've gotten to do things like I got to be on uh, uh, Hot in Cleveland with Bob Newhart. Oh, wow. In the last episode. Oh, and he's one of my cool. all-time heroes. All right. Well, let me finish with my standard and quite, you know, unquestionably probably a lame question that I pose to all my guests. Uh, what's been your most memorable moment, in, in your case, comedy? My most memorable moment? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know, really. Uh, I, I probably, well, I probably having the first scene I got to play with Bob Newhart was, is pretty big. It's pretty big up there, and, good, and and of course getting to work with Benny White—that was pretty amazing too. Oh wow, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, most memorable moment in comedy. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe the, you know, you know what? Maybe the first time I did stand up. You know. And that was in Canada, obviously. That was in Canada when I was like seventeen, and 17. that was like the first time getting up and getting laughs from an audience of strangers. Well. All right. Well, super. Well, I know you got to go, so I, I want to remind everyone once again, Dave Foley appears each Friday night on Dr. Ken, airing on ABC at 8.30 p.m., 7.30 Central. I want to really thank you for taking the time to check in with us. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. All right. You take it easy, Mr. Dave Foley. This is one of radio's most famous musical productions, the program that brings you the music of a nation that loves to sing and whose songs reflect the beauty and romance inherent in its way of life. This is the Spud Goodman Show. All right, musical guest interview time. Please welcome back to the show the Spider Ferns. Hey, for those uh, you know who don't have you guys on speed dial, please identify yourselves and the instrument you will be playing tonight. <laughs> okay, I'm Mountain. I'm playing guitar and uh, also help with the beats. I'm Kelly, and I'm going to sing and play the bass. Super. Well, as an electronic trip rock duo, do you oftentimes find yourselves in a trance at band practice? Yes, actually. <laughs> well, that's something to aim for, for sure. That you happens. Know. Probably it depends happen. on how many uh, it might how be. many vodkas we've had, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, well, well, speaking of band practice, how does uh, being husband and wife work? Is it a fifty-fifty thing? Because it's a kind of yeah. a unique working relationship. Very much so. Very much so. We Actually, she's she's totally in charge, but <laughs> thank you for your honesty. She's just being, she's really just being kind. Right <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have been married for a while. In fact, you guys might hold the world record <laughs> for band members staying married. Huh? I could, yeah, I'm serious. I could list the names of all those who have fallen <laughs> short of the till death do us part, you know, thing. But you get my point. Congratulations. Thank well, you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's something to be proud of. It really is. Um, like well, do okay. the spider ferns have like an official position on the uh, the issue of the reinstatement of Glass Steagall? No. <laughs> well, it was that 1933 Act that prevented banks from merging from with security firms. So I'm just on board with that one. I didn't really, for the record, <laughs> lose millions, you know, in 2008 in the meltdown. But it just seems like the, a, a good thing to tonight. Bring back. A Kelly file exclusive. Really? All right, super. Well, what's the name of the first song you're going to do? Uh, we're going to play "Worlds Will Fall." That's from our, our new EP. EP yeah. And what's the name of the EP? Safety. Super, let's hear it.
anywhere and neither should you the spot goodman radio show returns in just a moment Now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, uh, Spud, we yeah. have our show's psychic on the phone, ready to do his out-of-this-world segment. All right, uh, and, and what is his name? Give him a name. Oh, it's Ted Marr. Yeah, and, and he does have a show on KKNW yes. on Fridays, correct? Do I have to do the plug? He does. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Friday afternoon? All right, Usually you prompt yeah, me for yeah, it. Yeah, I apologize. I, I have a question I, I want to hit him up with about ghosts. I kind of yeah. have mixed feelings about ghosts. They intrigue me, but also scare me. You know, at times, I think we may have a ghost who resides in our rec room down in the basement. Now, he only seems to appear when we play ping pong, though. Now, I could be leading 10 to 1 or 10 to 2, and I always end up losing, um, e- even to my youngest, who's eight and a half. Now, I can sense there is someone else in the rec room trying to even out the game and let my opponent it. always win. It is Welcome it's to really frustrating. space exploration. Look, losing to an eight and a half year old would yeah. be frustrating. Okay, I get that. Have you thought that maybe you just suck as a ping pong player and there is not a ghost who lives in your rec room? Well, I'm not a world class player, Spud, but you, duh. I'm, I'm pretty darn good. Listen, can you ask Ted about ghosts who sabotage ping pong players? Maybe he can explain uh, no. No, I will not. Just put him on. Oh, here he is. I would like to welcome our very own show psychic, Mr. Ted Martin, is out of this world segment. How's it hanging, Ted? Oh, fine, fine, Spud. It's really good to talk to you. Really? Well, that's good. I'm, I'm, I was hoping it would hoping that you'd have a positive uh, feeling about this. So, my question for you tonight is: Are there mean ghosts and happy ghosts? What kind of damage can a mean ghost do? And if it's really heinous, I'd rather not know, as I tend to experience nightmares after scary movies, let alone hearing true wet your pants ghost stories. <laughs> this is an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked it, Spud. Hey, when you because when you pass over, your your personality remains intact. But the thing that you have access to is universal knowledge on the other side. And 
And let's say, for example, that when you pass over, you're a very, unha- you're a very unhappy person, and you've done a lot of awful things during your life, and maybe you were just a mean person. That meanness will carry over into the into the other world, and you can still cause people harm from the other side to this side. And if if you are being um, harassed by someone like that, there's things you can do, like covering yourself with lots of white light every day to protect yourself, uh, and that. That really does help, and it really does work because the light, the white light, is stronger than the dark. Um, happy ghosts are, are are basically happy people, happy spirits, who've gone on the other side, and um, um, th- that's sort of the the distinction between the two. I've I've dealt with uh, both happy happy spirits and mean spirits in the past, and believe me, mean spirits are no fun to deal with. But you can protect yourself, Spud. I agree. Little goodwill will come of Ted scaring us with all these tales of mean ghosts terrorizing innocent victims, and as I do suffer from anxiety, I would appreciate keeping this information confidential if possible. I hear you. I don't think Ted would purposely try to freak us out if he knows for sure that ghosts could do some terrible things to us when we're sleeping, and if he does, I'll just have to be a professional and pretend it doesn't bother me. Uh, Let me get back to him right now and try to steer this conversation in another less disturbing direction. That would be appreciated thank you so uh a friendly ghost can be a nice companion to have around like siri or okay google <laughs> well all of us all of us here living in the third dimension stud and i want to thank you so much for this question it's really interesting but all of us have our own guard set of guardian angels around us oh. and um and and those are those are nice to have around we we want that we want that help and protection yeah, maybe it'll help you a little bit with the dating angle because I'm not uh, doing real well on that. Well, that's something we can talk about another time. All right, there you have it, Mr. Ted Marr and his Out of This World segment. <laughs> Thank you, Spud. Take care. What walks downstairs alone or in pairs and makes a sneakity sound? A spring, a spring, a marvelous thing. Everyone knows it's the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, uh, Spud, I've given some thought to a possible signature saying for myself. Yeah. Now, I understand that a co-host has to be strategic as to when they say it during the show. Yes. And a- as you've said to me on many occasions, less is more. Absolutely. So, listen, I will try to keep my signature saying to less than like four or five words. How does Gerald, that sound? Four or five words? That's yeah. the Gettysburg Address compared to other classic ones used in the talk show industry. How about a one-word well, saying, be brief and to the point? One word? That would be impossible. How, how could I express myself in one word? Will you shut up? Shut up! Shut, 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 shut up! I want this saying to be a memorable one. Something that people will be saying themselves after listening to the show a few times. Wouldn't that be cool? People on the street repeating my own signature saying? Uh, Yeah. I don't think it's going to (laughs) happen. No, that is not going to happen, okay? Uh This show is not big enough for you to penetrate the consciousness of people all over the globe. No one knows who Gerald Holcomb is. No (laughs) offense. Well, I understand our current situation, but that does not take into account the possibility of this show blowing up and becoming really popular. If that happens, everything we say on the air has a chance to become a part of the lexicon of pop culture. Pop culture? Yeah. You have no interest in pop culture. Well, I know, but I did Google that topic while the band was playing, and there are so many words and topics that I could tie into my signature saying. You know, what is the zeitgeist of the moment with young people these days? Gerald, using big words incorrectly can make you sound, yes, even more dumb. 
let alone make others' brains go numb. So maybe you should just sit there and suck on your thumb. Zeitgeist? What orifice did you pull that one out of? <laughs> well, thanks, Gina. It came up as a keyword in my search of popular terms. Do you want to know what it means? Because I can look that up, of too. Co- of, you... of course I know what zeitgeist means. Oh. I have almost two years of community college under yes. my belt. It's not a word I use very often, but I have it ready to go in my vocabulary. You know, let me think You know, of a context I can use it. Well, uh, I-, I hope you, it will be okay if I exceed one word in my saying. That's just too limiting. I need a couple more at least. What's wrong with, say, a a grunt done creatively? A grunt? Yeah. A a guttural sound would not adequately express what I want to communicate, Spud. Remember, senior citizens might just be repeating my saying also. So it's kind of, it has to cross generational lines. I don't really see grandmothers grunting in public. Yeah, I mean, you you got a point there. Thank you. You know, the priority with a signature saying is not to have others repeated on the street. The main objective is for it to be sufficiently, you know... I don't know, sufficiently honoring the host of the show, if I can say that. Me! Oh. It can't be some words that cause a distraction or, or disrespect the central figure of the show. Again, <laughs> me. Uh, so you better get this right or I'll have to exercise my veto power with what you come up with. Just be aware of that. Well, listen, you will love what I finally decide to go with. It will be so love? catchy that even you will find yourself saying it out loud, like in the shower or while you're walking at the mall. Uh... Again, how old do you think I am? I I don't, like, freaking walk at the mall and never will. You got that? You know, maybe if I had one of those segues, I'd take a spin, you know, just for fun. But for the record, you know, I am in good enough shape to walk up and back at any mall in the world. Even that Mall of the Americas, I heard it's like a mile or so long. I got to tell you, I would need to stop at least for a break on the way back. Yes, up and back. I can almost walk a mile right now. Well, almost. And I would train for it if I ever went to Minnesota, okay? That's pretty good. So why don't you just go see if our next guest is on the phone, all right? Oh, yes. Uh, You know, Spud, I don't know if you've noticed this, but so far, we have a theme going with tonight's show. Your next guest, Dave Stewart, is holding for you. Now, that that makes two Daves so far. Right. You know, if you actually shared the show's schedule with me, I would have known this prior to going on the air. I could have prepared something witty because I've never heard of a show booking all guests with the same first name. Well, as you know, I cannot allow you to have classified information about uh, the show prior to when a guest comes on. You know, someday, maybe when you've proven that you're not a leaker of show information, I will reconsider. But now I'll just put Dave Stewart on. I'm a fan of his music. I oh, want to talk to him. He's a musician? I yes. Should, I should Google. Google him when you're talking to him. A very successful musician and producer. You do know the Eurythmics from way back, right? The At least you know that, correct? Yeah, uh, okay. Oh. That is but one of his of his many musical projects. Over the years, he's written a new book right now, and that's what I'll be talking to him about. Just put him on, okay? Okay, but I, you should know, you can trust me with anything. Please welcome musician, songwriter, producer, director, and now author Dave Stewart. Uh, hey, we appreciate you checking in with us. Well, I'm pleased to be here, and uh, anything you want me to say that's humorous, I'll try. Well, that would be that would be pretty cool. Uh, now, you have a new book out, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This, A Life in Music, now available everywhere, so let, let's get into that, first of all. i got to say this, it's pretty cool. You wrote a killer song, which was number one on the U.S. charts in 83, and later it ends up being the perfect title for your memoir. Were you that forward-thinking when you wrote it? I mean, that'd be freaky. Yeah, I was uh, lying there on the floor after it was 
after Annie and I had written it and after we'd drunk a drink of margarita and I thought, wow, in 35 years' time, I think I'll make this the title of my memoir. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> All right. But, well, so I'm going to no, ask you this. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you worked with just about everyone in the music business, you know, after all these years. But you chose Mick Jagger yeah. to write the foreword to the book. That must have been a tough deciding, you know, who to ask to do it, because it's kind of like deciding which friend to ask to be your best man at your wedding. You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Uh, yeah, no, he was an obvious choice because of all the adventures we'd had, uh, you know, together. And, um, he, you know, we've spent a lot of time together and... You know, we've written loads of songs together and we're great friends. And um, I just thought, you know, rather than asking, you know, uh, anybody who was more, well, somebody who I was deeply involved with romantically would be awkward. So Mick and I, even though we've only slept together a few times, right. I thought it was a perfect choice. <laughs> right. All right. Super. And I'll I'll let that go. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump on that one. All right. Um, well, Dave is a legendary musician. You're pretty darn unique uh, in that you you've kind of I don't know. Uh, you've chosen to push forward and not look back, as you really can't be identified musically with any particular genre. You just continue to involve yourself with interesting music. Do you get bored easier? Um, no, I just kept wandering into different worlds. So. You know, I ended up writing Don't Come Around Here No More with Tom Petty, but I was really writing it for Stevie Nicks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I ended up, you know, <clears throat> writing songs with Brian Ferry and Sinead O'Connor and making films with Bob Dylan. And just because um, I am up for having fun, I have no fear, and I like, uh, I like people, and I like, I'm very interested and what people have to say and i like enabling them to be able to say it in whatever means possible you know right right well besides you know performing you may have set a world record for producing albums in 2015 you did what four of them or you were very busy oh yeah yeah in 2015 i did i produced five albums five wow uh what one of them came out in england in october and the uh others are coming out this year because I decided to produce and work with a lot of brand new artists, you know, some as young as 16 and some of them in their early 20s. Super. And I had the most fun. Say, Spud, you know, it's great to hear Dave Stewart say whatever project he works on, he makes sure he has fun. That's a subject I've wanted to discuss with you, actually. Don't you think you could lighten up on what? us a little bit in the studio? Make it just more a more fun experience for us. Well, if I was hanging out with Mick Jagger and the other friends Dave has, yeah. I would probably be in a better mood most of the time, too. Right now, I'm just trying to survive in the radio jungle, as I'm surrounded by predators, so fun is not at the top of my agenda but i've gone home after many shows crying myself to sleep my wife feels i need to step up and demand a more pleasant work environment now, that's just her opinion but we really do need to have more fun around here some nights it feels like being on death row well i suppose you're a hater of bobby knight or, or vince lombardi or even general Patton. americans love a winner I'm just saying, it would be nice to have some fun around here. Hey, the interns over there seem to be having fun. Look at their faces. And the guys on the soundboard, they appear to be enjoying themselves. And look, Gina here, she's having a blast. Look at her face. Hey, give me a hearty chuckle, Gina. <laughs>
You see, you no. seem to be the only baby here who is complaining about not having fun on the job. Well, I need to get back to Dave now, so just keep it down. All right, Dave, I'm back. <laughs> okay. Um, in regards to producing, you know, you've worked with artists whose styles vary, to say the least, uh, from Nina Hagen to John Bon Jovi. Has there been anyone that's caused you to say, hey, I don't think their music is in my comfort zone? <laughs> mm, no, not really. Um, I'm sort of very interested in all, you know, from classical music to one of my favorite bands at the moment are called The Butcherette, which is full-on hardcore, you know, it's almost like punk music reborn. And um, I can flip from one to the other, you know, when I'm listening to music. Obviously, my wife gets a bit confused as we're having dinner and it's the Sex Pistols followed by Marla or Mozart, you know, but that's the way my head is. That's an interesting mix. I like that. All right. Um, well, I wasn't going to ask any questions about Annie Lennox this way in the past, but you do go there briefly in the book. Uh, so my question would be, do you recommend platonic relationships with band members or to just go for it? This is to the musicians out there. Well, Annie and I, you know, did it first. So we got, we right. lived together for five years as lovers and, and a couple. And then we broke up and then formed a duo. And that's a perfect recipe for success because you can end up ending endless sort of uh, romantic but love lost, unrequited love songs that are very haunting. You know, Adele's the master of it as well. You know, uh, songs that sound like, you know, very melancholy and painful, but on the other hand, very forceful. Um, any chance you guys will ever work together in the future? Yeah, we, we never say never, so when we see each other, we don't really talk about music. We talk about kids and children and you know everything that's happening in our lives. But we get asked all the time if we'll perform together by concert promoters and I know, I had to do it. And things. I had to do it, but yeah, all right, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, putting music aside for a second, you're also very involved with a variety of philanthropic activities. One effort would be the First Artist Bank, which serves the global creative community. Who are the target recipients with this? Well, you know, if you imagine, well, it's a 1.6 trillion uh, community we're talking about. So, you know, anybody who works in radio or writes for a magazine or is a photographer or fashion designer, uh, a musician, a songwriter, you know, they are very underserved because the, those jobs are always seen like, well, that's a bit of a sort of wonky job, right? So your credit scores and they just don't know how to work it out. And, um, and this bank is not only going to be transparent and fair and full of advice for creatives, um, it's going to be able to give you like a little business manager in your pocket so you can work out how not to lose your money, you know? Super. Wow. Very cool. Um, you know, I'm going to close this thing by asking you, what is the one thing you still want to accomplish in your career? Or have you already crossed everything off your to-do list? Well, I'm about to accomplish it because I've created an NBC TV show, which I'm the creator and executive producer. Oh, super. And I want any song, any songwriters who are listening to this right now, go to songlandcasting.com so it's songlandcasting.com and we're casting now and it's in the show my partner is the producer of The Voice and it's, it's a show that's as big as The Voice but it's it's not about singers it's about songwriters 
Wow. When's that coming on the air? Well, we're filming in March and April, so people have to sort of start putting in their audition tapes and doing interviews now. Okay. So it's songlandcasting.com. If you if you go there, you'll see all the instructions. All right, super. Okay, the book is Sweet Dreams Are Made of This, A Life in Music, and it's now available at all bookstores and online. Hey, man, I really, really want to thank you so much for calling in, all right? I uh, know, it was good fun. Super, all right. Mr. Dave Stewart. You must not be stampeded by rumors or guesses. Let us unite in banishing fear. It is your problem, my friend. Your problem no less than it is mine. This is the Spider Goodman Show. Once again, the spider ferns.
Hey, this is Tony Dow from uh, the Leave It to Beaver show, and you are listening to the Spud Goodman show, which is kind of a goofy thing to be doing, but hang in there. My Twitter feed. Some people spend all day tending to their Twitter feed. I myself have other things that are in need, like worrying about which southern states will again secede, or trying out new recipes with totally legal weed. Even with my ADHD, I also occasionally pick up a pamphlet to read. Some people spend all day tending to their Twitter feed, and some just stare at the sun. But who am I to judge? I said, go, man, go. I gotta tell you about the Goodman Show, cause I'm ready. Ready, 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 I'm ready. Ready, 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 I'm ready. Ready, 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 I'm ready, ready, ready to rock and roll. Hey, Spud, they're telling me you do have a call holding. Do you want to take it? I think it's a woman. A woman? Well, yes, but wouldn't it have been pretty cool if it was a guy named Dave, don't you think? Uh, not really. Yeah, go ahead and put her through. We, you know, got a couple of minutes to kill here. All right, uh, uh, go ahead, caller. You are on the line with Spud. A uh, Spud? Uh, yeah, this is Spud. It's the Spud Goodman Show. What can I do for you, caller? Spud, this is the le- at least the third or fourth time I've called. You don't recognize my voice, really? Huh? Um, do you know how many people call into this show? I can't remember the name of my mailman or paperboy, and you expect me to recognize your voice? Well, it would have been nice. Anyway, I've been listening tonight, and I know you've been talking about Gerald coming up with a signature saying or something. Yeah. But I yeah. wanted to know the backstory. What's the backstory with you and this super? You use it quite often. At times, it comes off kind of insincere, maybe dismissive at times. Can I ask if you were no. under constant criticism growing or up as a young the boy? Uh, there must be a reason for that inner rage I sense in your emotional core. Did you wet the bed often as a teenager? What? No. Hey, wait a second. You're, you're the woman who thinks I'm gay, right? Hey. You've call, you're calling in again on this. You're, that's right. You're the late. You, you, um. Yeah, but you, do you want me to ask them to terminate this call? I remember this caller, yeah. and she really upset you in the past. I, I've never been upset by a caller, okay? I can deal with anybody who calls into this show. Hey, do you have a name, by the way? It's Pamela. So, Pamela, can I ask, why are you obsessed with my sexuality? Like I told you before, as far as I know, I'm not gay. And will that close this issue for you once and for all? Well, yes, I do feel you are most probably gay. And to this point in your life, have not come to grips with it. I'm pretty good picking this sort of thing up myself. Uh, As I have mentioned previously to you in the past, the last time I called, my ex-husband didn't come to grips with it until after 12 years of marriage. Remember, I told you he came out at a Maroon 5 concert? Yeah, whatever, well... You know, um, that sounds kind of familiar now that you mention it. You need to know, though, I would rather be waterboarded 
than attend a Maroon 5 concert. So there you have definitive proof. I am not gay. Case closed. You know, Spud, <laughs> my wife Rachel and I really enjoy Maroon 5. They rock it out. So you're joking about preferring waterboarding to listening to their music, Look, right? I don't joke about Maroon 5, okay? So oh. Pamela, to conclude here, I am heterosexual, all right? Uh, you know, I am guilty of using super maybe too much, but I find it, you know, a word that's appropriate for just about any point in a conversation. It's kind of a, a utility word, and with just a slight variation in tone, it can express a full gamut of emotions. So, are we done now here? Uh, if you say so. Hmm. What does that mean? So, so, so you're not going to give this up. Can I ask why? I mean, why don't you call into like Sean, Sean Hannity's radio show or somebody else? You know, I, I, I would actually tune in to hear that conversation. I, I bet he's gone to multiple Maroon 5 concerts. I don't find Sean Hannity interesting. Uh, she has a point there, Spud. All right, he's listen, bit- I, I, I got to go now. Let, let's just agree to disagree on my sexuality, okay? And if I ever do come out, you will be the first to know. Will that keep you calling in? from? I mean, never, ever calling in again. Are we Are we good here? I got to get going. Hey, Spud, I'm, I'm running out of time. I can try to find out how to block her calls. Keep her on the line a little longer. Maybe the interns can do something. We're not tracing the call, dude. We oh. know her number. It's on caller ID. Okay. Hey, listen, Pamela, uh, have a good night. I got to go. I'm serious. I got to go. Okay. Okay. No problem. We will talk again. Goodbye. Uh, I don't know about that. Listen, do you want me to block her phone number? No, no, no. But do keep the number. I'm just saying she has an alluring voice. Oh. I don't know. Anyway. All right. All right. Well, listen, Spud, I know we have to close the show now, but I wanted to at least test market a couple of possible of my signature sayings I've come up with. Now, these are in the early stages of development, and I plan to put a great deal more thought in this, but for an initial launch, I've got some possibilities. Can I toss out a couple? Yeah, I'd love to hear them, but we just don't have the time. I'm sorry. Well, it'll only take a second. The first one I came up with is pretty catchy. Listen, let's just do it. Uh... Didn't you just add the word let's to Nike's signature statement of just do it? That's pretty Mm. lame. That is really weak. Spud, if originality is a priority, then you are screwed. As most of what you do, though maybe not lewd, could certainly never be misconstrued as anything more than audio junk food. Yeah, you know, I am not familiar with that brand's ad campaign. So it sounds somewhat similar, you think? No, it sounds exactly the same, with a word tacked on. Hmm. I don't want Phil Knight suing us, so that one's out. He has enough money left, even after funding the entire Oregon Duck franchise, to destroy us many times over. Uh, All right, my bad. Okay, well, check out this one. Actually, this one should have been number one. How about, we're living large now. Not bad, huh? Yeah, I think that one has possibilities. That's four words. Not acceptable. Oh. Airtime on this show is at a premium, and that one is just it's just it's a waste of a valuable commodity. Four words. How about if I drop now? No. Oh, okay, okay. How about this one? Hey yeah. Uh, you know, it's short, but I think it expresses what is necessary for, for successful sake, signature saying. Hey yeah? Are hey, you yeah. serious? What does that even mean? Well, it's a life-affirming proclamation, Spud. I think it could really catch on if given enough exposure. Now, I'm not saying I have to interject, hey, yeah, all throughout our program. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. added to the correct timing, it could be uh, the missing ingredient that's keeping us from being massively popular. Uh, we will never be massively popular. Hey, Let's yeah. get real here. You know, I would settle for tolerated. Hmm. You know, that would be nice. Just let me close the, the show. All right, I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Once again, the Spider Ferns.
Radio show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, executive producer Lori Madsen, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions, original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon, video director TJ Pites, on air talent Rob McGee, Annie Coleman, and Tom Nolan, production assistants Trent Botello and Carrie Coleman. Spud's Greek chorus is The Folk Singers in Hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. for an eclectic mix of music. Stay tuned for captivating talk. Stay tuned for insightful analysis of The Spud Goodman Show. Stay tuned for The Spud Goodman Post-Show Report. Here is your host, Lawrence. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Lawrence, and I will be your host for tonight's Spud Goodman Post Show Report. 
And of course, with me is my co-host, Gina. Gina, 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 are you ready to go tonight? I think I, it's going to be a good show. Yeah, you bet. I am so ready. Coming into the studio always gives me such a nice break from the baby. And, you know, I love him to death, but it's so nice to get away and just hang out with adults who don't need, you know, changing every 45 minutes or so. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess I can only speak for myself on that, but uh, there's no need for changing with me. But... Uh, the show's highlights guy, Derek here. That that might be another matter. Super hey. changing and stuff like that. Uh, you better not broach the subject with him. Cause you know, uh, ha, you know. ha. Very funny. Okay, I don't use adult diapers, all right? I have no issue with using bathroom facilities. Uh, just another weak attempt by you guys to denigrate me on this program, and I fully know why. Yeah, As the so. lone conservative on-air member of the Post Show Report, I am continually subjected to constant ridicule. Okay, all right. But Super. You need to know that it has no impact on me as I remain secure in the knowledge that I am correct on the issues. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. But uh, you know what? You're still annoying. Oh, yeah. Mr. Annoying Human, for sure. Yeah. You know what? Misguided people often find the truth annoying. You know, well, at, at least uh, you've been introduced, right? Okay, so we got that out of the way. Now, we'll call on you later in the show when we got to do highlights. So uh, maybe in, in the meantime, you can like read a magazine something until then. Yeah, you know... You know I know you don't snow smoke, but feel free to walk outside behind the studio and maybe start. It's a little uh, rainy we'll today. We'll just have an intern go out and let oh you know man. when it's time for your segment. No one's going to ask me why I was gone last week. Okay, fine. I know the show suffered, and the listeners, I am sure, are curious as to where I was. Like, Super. You know what? Gina and I, we're not curious. Yeah. You know, I doubt even the listeners care much about your work schedule or anything like Super. that. Super. Can we just move on? Well, since I this? know you guys are curious, I was actually at a state meeting of Donald Trump supporters. Hey, hey, Gina, and Gina, it was... you think uh, uh, I need to come up with a signature statement like uh, Spud and Gerald were talking about first hour? Because, you know, it seems like all the successful people in broadcasting, they they have some some little saying or something that identifies them to the public to know who they are. You know, I don't have one. Is that my, maybe bad for my career? Well, you know, I, I think it could certainly help. Hmm. In my case, I have to come up with a signature laugh, I guess. I mean, that would be difficult choosing from you know, a wide range of laughs that I provide yep. on Spud for Spud on his show. It may sound like it's easy, but I'm here to tell you that it's a very involved process deciding which particular laugh is appropriate at any given moment during this show. Well, yeah, yeah, I bet it is, you know. But Gina, I got to tell you, you are very skilled at what you do. And, you know, it looks so effortless when you do it, you know. You know, how about, um, what, what, what would you say, like, all right now for my signature? What do you think? Super. Um, uh, well, it sounds very generic and vanilla. I think you need something much more proactive. All right now. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it some thought on that. But, you know, in the meantime, what I'll do is I'm going to introduce our panel here because we got Dave on the soundboard here. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Good evening, Lawrence. It's great to be here. And, you know, I was giving some thought to signature catchphrase. How about the... Uh, do it to it. Do it to it. Boy, that one to the, That's a few uh, years maybe old. Maybe it needs a little work. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think it needs a lot of work. But that's all right. You know, I appreciate the effort there. And maybe, I don't know what Mike's got. Hey, Mike, that's our engineer there. How you doing? I know. Just do it. It's been taken already. Yeah, that has been yeah. taken. Yeah, it was a good shot. And, and we got our production assistant, Trent, too. Trent, you got a catchphrase or a statement? Oh, we got. We don't have Trent. There's no statement from Trent, but we might have one from Carrie, our, our intern here from Pierce College. How about hey, 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 hey? Oh, that's kind of a. Was that rerun? 
I don't know. That's a what's happening <laughs> statement. Boy, it takes me back, you know. I appreciate you taking me back, you know. But, you know, stay away from can. the toga parties there because you might get catch something more than just a good statement. So be okay. careful. Right. Just say Super. no. All right, you know what? Let's do some music. I'm feeling some music here. Um, we're going to uh, start with the lovely and talented Tina Fey and her song from the Muppets 2014 Most Wanted movie, The Big House. Then we have Northwest Grunge legend Tad with a cutoff as 1991 release from 8-Way Santa, Jinx. But first up, we're going to do Tina Fey. All right, Dave, hit play. Hit it, boys. <laughs> This is Russia's premier state-funded hotel. We're very proud of our eclectic clientele. Excellence in service since 1932. Don't believe what you read in the online reviews. It's the big house, the perfect getaway. Welcome into the big house, you'll never get away. It's no Hilton or no Hyatt. But you will have a riot So please enjoy your stay Here's the dining room The menu is minimal What the cook does to the food is criminal Pull up a seat, frog, grab yourself a stool May I recommend you try our famous gruel In the big house, you'll never be alone Life ain't bad in the big house, no froggy no Check out after ten or eleven years Make yourself at home Accommodation here is far superior Than anything else you will find in Siberia Let me know if there's anything you need Everything is free, money back, guaranteed. In the big house, you will not survive. When you arrive in the big house, run for your life. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome into the big house, you'll never get away. For 
this is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, we are here in the studio. We've still got with us the Spider Ferns. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing, we're doing good. It's lovely. Super. Evening. Thanks for having us. It was nice having you guys again because you guys were here before. That's I right. remember that. And then I know when you were here before, I asked you if you guys had done any time. You said you didn't. But maybe like in between then and now, <laughs> maybe you did like a, a, a night in lockup. Um, we did have overnight. the police show up to a party, um, and Alton went out to the driveway in a silver bodysuit and white tutu to address the officer. And it Super. Went. I was actually so drunk, I didn't realize it went that well. was what I was wearing. But he didn't even blink an eye. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> Almost a close one. You might have had a story to tell. Well, you, you did have a story to tell. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. yeah. It created. A it nice was a dress-up party. It wasn't like my normal evening attire. So All right, super. Just to clarify that, I'm glad you cleared that up. <laughs> I wouldn't have judged either way because you know I'm good like good. that. Yeah. And now you also told us about the the name the spider ferns. You know, because mm-hmm. I was kind of curious about that. Because you know I had a pet spider named Greg, <laughs> and he uh, he lived with me in my cell, and I took really good care of him. I kept him warm and fed and stuff like that. And he, he outlived most spiders, you know, yeah, like two years old or something like that. It's because of the tender loving care that I gave him. He was really obedient. But anyway, you know, so maybe did it have anything to do with spiders no. or just the ferns? It just the it's, plant itself. Yeah, it's a house plant. It's a house plant. And, uh, Super. And we had a lot of them. <laughs> and it's did you? really not very interesting, but we had a lot of them. Did you give them the t- tender loving care and keep them We did, and they're we kind try. of like the guppy of plants. Our and dog so they currently keep... eats them all the time yeah. right now, so we had to put them up a little too high. They're not getting as much sun, not as much oh, TLC there, but, you know. Sad. They're still thriving. They're doing it. <laughs> they're still thriving, just like you guys are. That's right. And they must yeah. taste good, apparently. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I want to try one, but you never know. But I, I gotta tell you this: I'm a, I, I gotta tell you, I'm a big board game player. Now, you guys play board games, very much so. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever play that Cards Against Humanity? That yes. it got a little bit real. It got a little risque. Yeah, and I was no. kind of scary. Yeah. Where'd yeah, you guys? Our, our teenage daughter was into that for a while. It, it can make you a little uncomfortable sometimes, especially when you're playing with your teenage daughters. So. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I can't even imagine. I don't know if I want to imagine. It, to be honest with you, Ooh, that's kind of scary. I think that's super. Uh, you know, and uh, now let me ask you this. If, is there any band in the world that you would actually refuse to open up? You know, someone that you would absolutely say no to. And for Gina's sake, I got to say, we're not going to bring up Insane Clown Posse because right there, that's yeah. a juggalo right there. Lawrence, that's a juggalo. any band would be honored to open or play on the same lineup as the truly amazing Insane Clown Posse. I, I know Spider Fern, Ferns would be super excited to share the stage <laughs> with Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope. I mean, come on. No, not, not so much. Uh, in answer to the question, though, I would say um, when I was a teenager, I went and saw Guar. And they were oh. so over the They're top. They're just messy. I just, <laughs> I just, I stepped out of the room. Anything, <laughs> you know, that whole sex and violence thing is not up my alley. So. Not super. I would, yeah. I would want to open for Guar probably, but you know, they're, they're they really seem like extreme. nice folks though. I oh, would, but I'm, I would, but I'd bring a tarp. Yeah, there you I go. think, <laughs> I think you have to. You have to take three showers afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, Guar. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying anything negative about them or their music, and uh, I, I think the theatricality of it is quite amazing, but. Yeah, yeah. Messy. I'm sticking with Messy. (laughs) So now you guys are going to leave us with one last tune. What's the name of the last tune? The last tune is called Safety. It's the title track to our new EP that we just released in January. All right. The Spider Foods. Did you come around at all? Did you work it all? Slowly 
I gotta tell you, you know, I re- actually it's nice to have you back to do the highlights. Wait, thank you, Lawrence. I really appreciate not, that. Not just just the highlights. That's all I'm talking about. You know, I'll, I'll take that compliment. I'll, I'll take what I can get there. All right. So for our first highlight of the night, we have uh, Spud shares a moment with Dave Foley about their uh, shared love of Green Acres. All right, super. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, uh, you know, you're rep- reputed to be a major fan of one of the great all-time sitcoms, Green Acres, and if so, we share that love. Now, here's my question. Do you think Mr. Haney uh, was inherently evil, uh, and basically an inherently evil capitalist, you know, kind of exploiting the naivete of Mr. Douglas's knowledge of farming, or just an excellent advocate of the unfettered free market? What do you think? Um, I guess I'd have to go with the... Partially the latter, most statement, you know, advocate of unfettered free markets, but that in itself tends to lean towards evil, you know, and he's, uh, I can't, every time I I see Ted Cruz, I I hear Mr. Haney. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they look alike, they sound alike, they have the same, they have that same 
little phony sincerity in their voices. You know, the Ziffles kind of remind me of of his supporters, kind of low-information people. Maybe not like Arnold. Uh, Arnold seemed a lot smarter, but, mo- you know, the Ziffles themselves. I, maybe that's just me. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. But you know, here's the thing I always can say about Green Acres. All the characters in that show are played really subtly. Like, everyone is really deadpan, except for uh, Mr. Douglas. Yes, yes. If you watch it, he's the only one that goes over the top. Everyone else is really low-key. <laughs> Phenomenal show, still, still, still stands up. There's no doubt about it, in my opinion. Oh, but one of the best written shows ever put on TV. Right. Now, 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 get me right. Now, Mr. Douglas, that was the one with the horse. Mr. Douglas was a horse, no, right? No, Mr. Ed was the horse. Mr. Right? Ed. Mr. Ed was the show with the horse. I thought yeah. Seabiscuit was the horse. So Seabiscuit. Now, see which was which was on Green Acres. Ed or Seabiscuit? Oh no, Mr. Ed had his own show. He had his own show. Yeah. Wow. Right? Talking horse. So, so what animal was on Green Acres? Was you it have animals an- on there? It was the pig. There was a pig on there. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. What was the pig's name? Arnold. Arnold. Did they ever eat that pig? Uh, well, that was discussed in the interview, but it it doesn't seem so. No. Oh, what? Well, that a waste of a good pig, I tell you. Uh, mm, oh well. He, he was a small pig, though. He was one of those like pocket pigs or whatever they call bacon them. seed. Oh, yeah. Pocket yeah. Pig. Pocket Pig, yeah. All right, you know what? Let's do some more tunes. Um, we're going to begin with The Clash and A Safe European Home. That's the tune. And then after that, we have a band from Portland, Oregon, The Summer Cannibals, and their tune, Something New. Here we go.
then you plead, then you crawl oh. I wake up with the thought and I hate myself Then I don't, then I don't, then I don't, then I don't give a fuck For more of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. So, um, it's apparent to me now that you guys aren't going to ask me about my experience last week nope. at the state Donald Trump organizational meeting. Didn't plan so on I'm going to go ahead and tell you about it anyway. All right, um, super. It was pretty incredible. Uh, I mean, getting the chance to hang out with other Trump supporters, oh, when he is sworn in as our next president of the United States, no. I will look back on that meeting as historic. I mean, no. I'm not saying me personally will be responsible for putting Mr. Trump in the White House, but I will have played a big part as I commit, you know, at least two hours a day to the elect to the election effort, you know, until November. Okay. That is not super. Derek, not super. stuffing envelopes with vicious attack pieces will not guarantee you a cabinet position. I didn't only stuff envelopes. You're going to be very disappointed if this horror show ever happens. Yeah, I, you know, I got to agree with Gina because I'm pretty sure there are little Derek's all over the country running around right now doing the dirty work for Trump thinking that they, too, We'll get that call to come to Washington to D.C. for this cushy government job and all. Super. That's not going to happen. You know, that's what I would expect from you two soon-to-be very sad Democrats. I will do enough to set myself apart from the other campaign supporters. Don't you worry. Quality rises to the top, and I will be recognized for what I can bring to a Trump administration. I have a lot of ideas, and I mean a lot. All right. You know, that kind of just a little chilling thing that might be the case. Derek, you go ahead and live out your little fantasy of Mr. Derek goes to Washington. The chances of Trump being elected president of this country is about as high as the insane clown posse ever getting a Grammy nomination. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There are some things all of us have to grasp and not let the disappointment overwhelm and destroy us. You know, we shall see. I think I know what this country is looking for in a president. And when I'm working in Washington, no. you both can contact my aides if you ever need any help with governmental overreach issues or, you know, overregulation. I might be able to help with those. No, no, no. I don't see a need for that in my lifetime, but... 
Yeah. Yeah, thanks anyway. I don't foresee any government regulations causing me any personal harm, so I won't be asking you to rescue me from the long arm of the government. Okay. Well, the offer still stands if you guys ever reconsider. I look forward to serving my country, and I can hardly wait until the election. Oh, I can wait if that's the case. Uh, But you know what? Uh, Let's get back to some music right now. How about we begin with the Gourds tribute to David Bowie with their cover of Ziggy Stardust, and then we have the coup with Magic Clap.
Future forever, this is the last kiss Martin Navigator Coretta It's like a paparazzi picture when I flash my Beretta I got scars on my back, the truth on my tongue I had the money in my hand when that alarm got wrong We wanna breathe fire and freedom from our lungs To homeland security, we are the bomb Get a meeting for the overthrow Waiting on the concrete coast to grow Doing like that ain't possible Counting up all that dough you owe You ain't supposed to know it's supposable We are not disposable Muscle the kick, we got blows to blow To the folks that risen There'll be no decision We make the motor move They show for driven Right now we can't shine Right like a broken prism I figured out the 14th is a broke commitment That I dance to the beats Stomach so loud that I cancel the speech Checks that vanish if you blink an eye Grace getting locked in the clink to die Salary cap on a birth certificate Notarize eyes at first in triplicate Morning prayers for the car to start A man and a whiskey and a heart to heart Hope in a track suit to flash and run While agony chases with a badge and gun Poetry shouted from the squeal of the bus Breaks hands in the air Try to feel for an escape Flash in my eyes like candid snaps When we slap back it's a magic clap You know, Derek, last time you had this kind of, you highlighted your uh, a love, your unnatural, scary love for Trump. Maybe you can highlight an actual highlight this time. I think I can do that. Super. I think All so. Right. So this next clip comes from the Dave Stewart interview where he talks about uh, the romantic versus platonic relationships between band members. Ooh. That's the way my head is. That's an interesting mix. I like that. All right. Um, well, I wasn't going to ask any questions about Annie Lennox this way in the past, but you do go there briefly in the book. Uh, so my question would be, do you recommend platonic relationships with band members or to just go for it? This is to the musicians out there. Well, Annie and I, you know, did it first. So we got, we right. lived together for five years as lovers and, and a couple. And then we broke up and then formed a duo. And that's a perfect recipe for success because you can end up ending endless sort of uh, romantic but love-lost, unrequited love songs that are very haunting. You know, Adele's the master of it as well. You know, uh, songs that sound like, you know, very melancholy and painful, but on the other hand, very 
four school. Um, you, any chance you guys will ever work together in the future? Yeah, we, we never say never. So when we see each other, we don't really talk about music. We talk about kids and children and you know everything that's happening in our lives. But we get asked all the time if we'll perform together by concert promoters and I know, I had to do it. And things. I had to do it, but yeah, all right, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, putting music aside. Yeah, you know, people ask if, uh, you know, when you share a cell with somebody, if you develop a working a relationship, you know, along with your professional shell sharing it. But no, I, I never did, no. no. I kept it purely platonic with my cellmate. Yeah. That's good. His name was Julio. Yeah, but, you know, I tried to write him couple times but i don't know what happened to him i think he opened up a truck somewhere like, like a food truck like a food truck no just a truck he just opened up a truck just i don't know what he did with the truck but he opened it up and people right, come in so and look around and and say what they thought of the truck it's kind of trippy i don't know he was a weird dude so uh, you know I, I don't know i'm getting melancholy thinking of him we'll do some more music here um we're gonna start with a band that's mostly based in los angeles the 69 cats and their song bad things and after that, we have a Seattle flashback with the band Temple of the Dog and Pushing Forward Back. First up, we're going to start with 69 Cats. Yeah. 
listening to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right. We got one more, huh? We got one more. Uh, this is one of our favorite segments. Uh, it's an out-of-this-world clip with Ted Mark. Oh, I love it. And in this one, he's talking about how our personalities transfer over into the afterlife. Ooh. And happy ghosts, what kind of damage can a mean ghost do? And if it's really heinous, I'd rather not know, as I tend to experience nightmares after scary movies, let alone hearing true wet-your-pants ghost stories. <laughs> this is an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked it, Spud. Hey, because when you pass over, your, your personality remains intact. But the thing that you have access to is universal knowledge on the other side. And, and let's say, for example, that when you pass over, you're, very un, un, you're a very unhappy person and you've done a lot of awful things during your life, and maybe you were just a mean person. That meanness will carry over into the, into the other world. And you can still cause people harm from the other side to this side. And if, if you are being um, harassed by someone like that, there's things you can do, like covering yourself with lots of white light every day to protect yourself. Uh, and that, that really does help, and it really does work because the light, the white light, is stronger than the dark. Um, so yeah, really interesting. I we didn't know that. we have a ghost in our house. I'm pretty sure. Oh, do you really? Yeah, it's not like a scary ghost or a mean ghost, but like, like we'll just hear things from time to time. And, and the other morning, I, I woke up and I heard some like something walking around downstairs, and then the microwave buttons. And so I texted Cameron and or and, and I asked him like, "Are you are you home?" And he was like, "No, I'm at work." Super. Oh, jeez, that's <laughs> spooky. That's scary. Yeah. Now you got to move out or get rid of the microwave. But I mean, it's, it's so far, you know, it hasn't done anything other than push my microwave buttons. Ghost so just wanted I'm, some I'm popcorn, okay. man. Why do you got to get rid of them? <laughs> oh yeah, that you know what that microwave. That yeah, you work your microwave, get you some popcorn. If you could get him to make coffee for you in the morning, then you'd really have something. The, I've yeah. always wanted a ghost that was a maid, and a then ghost? she would just go around and yeah, clean. Ghost that would be a great idea. You know, yeah. they, they pick up stuff for you, you know, underwear on the floor and Cheetos in the couch. Sounds cushions. like a TV show, right? Ghost Butler. Ghost <laughs> Butler. Ghost Butler. Who are you going to call? Ghost, Ghost Butler. Butler. That's, Dick, that's the greatest thing you've said ever since you've been on this show. Wow. About politics, you should be going into like sitcom development. Yeah, there you I go. think so. That's good. Well, yeah. you know, if you're doing the whole Trump campaigning, that's kind of a sitcom in and of itself. All right, so, super. You know, I'm just saying, there, you know. All right, we're going to do some uh, last set of music for tonight. We are going to start off with one of Spud's favorite bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you don't like the music on the show, you can, you can blame Spud anyway. But it's the Ramones with Cretan Bop. And then we have another Northwest band, Brett Amaker and the Rodeo with Man in Charge. All right, let's, let's hear it.
I'm the man in charge, I got the plan I'm a freight train coming, coming round the bend I'm your worst fear, I'm your best friend I'm banging at the door so you better let me in Won't give you no advice but I'll tell you what to do Keep your mouth shut, it's the best thing for you Fire's going down, but the train's still coming Just listen to the sound Like squealing over brakes When you try to stop the car You're burning up inside Cause you don't know who you are Good God, get your head together There's a fire inside, even in you We all got the fire, we all know what to do Find a way to feed You're gonna go hunger if you don't know what you need Like a barn that's burning down And the fire has to breathe So you open up the door Give it what it needs Like squealing of the brakes When you try to stop the car You're burning up inside Cause you don't know who you are God damn, get your head together I'm your worst fear I'm your best friend I'm a freight train coming Coming around the bend I'm your worst fear You know, all right, all right. I'm looking at the panel. They're telling me we got to wrap this show up. So, but you know, it did go pretty well. I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, considering everything, I would give it about four stars. Four stars out, out of how many? Five. Oh, oh, okay. That's good. Because for a second, I thought maybe you were scoring that out of 50 or 75 stars or something. Well, it, the scale. 
It might have been five stars, but listeners had to deal with someone who maybe should have been keeping his political opinions to himself, as they are Super, very scary. Um, it's only scary to the non-believers out there. President Trump, get used to it. Uh, you know, you know what? Before we say goodnight, should we do like our own signature statements? Because like they're talking about the first hour, Spud has like super, right? That's what he says. And that, right, made, that, super. that took his career off, didn't it? Uh, well, I'll be taking some time before deciding on my own signature laugh to use on Spud's show. I want it to be the right one. It's something that will separate me from all the other designated laughers and all the other drive time radio shows across the country. You know, I'm ahead of the curve and I've already had my own sign off statement. Derek out. I think it's short, but very distinctive. Uh, Derek out. Well, I guess the show's over. Uh, Yeah, you think so. No, no. You know, is that a direct ripoff of that dweeb Ryan Seacrest sign off? Yeah, I think it is. I think. Yeah, I heard him say that. Derek, you know what? You you don't have a criminal record like me, but that's stealing. No, it's nothing like Ryan Seacrest's signature sign off. He says Seacrest out. I say Derek out. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay, we got to move on here. Uh, we got to say thank you to the panel. We got to say thank you to Dave, uh, our sound. Do it. Do it. Do it. Ooh, ooh. Wow. That's not looking at it. it, it, it engineer Mike, maybe you got something better. Let's blow this pop stand. That's, that's not too Super. bad. That's not too bad. And then we got our, our production assistant. Actually, we got a carrier college intern here tonight. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? That's a great catchphrase. It is a good catchphrase. I thought you should use it. Thank you. Thank you. What about Trent? Does Trent got a catchphrase for us? I'll say goodnight later. All right. I'll say goodnight later. That's a good catchphrase. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, you know, I think that'll work here. So until next time, next week, uh, same place. Good night, everybody. Yes. Good night. Derek out. Wait a minute. You know, you're going to owe Seacrest a ton of money with that copyright violation you keep Uh. on there. I don't know. He never would have thought to copyright that, right? Oh, if anyone in Hollywood would do it, it would be Ryan Seacrest. Uh, oh, okay. It's Derek is now out. That takes care of that. <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up with one more song. All right. This is Paul Nero. This is Soul. Good night, everybody. You hear this? Drums, swinging drums, and now I want to hear some bass. That's it. Give me some guitar. There you are. Look at me, baby. Organ. We're still waiting for a bit tenor saxophone. is soul.
The Spud Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, David Deere. On-air talent, Annie Coleman and Derek Schneider. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Production assistants, Trent Botello and Carrie Coleman. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicists. Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking. <laughs>